better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, well, we are back. Uh, we've had a little bit of a uh, hiatus, um, and we're missing a few. Jared, it's just you and me. Woody, I think, I, th- I actually think he might still be in the fetal position. He did not watch the last 10 minutes. He's still in mourning, uh, and Beric is gloating so much. He, uh, he can't make it this morning. Um, both, our, uh, both our panel members have got uh, lots of coaching commitments at the moment, so we apologise for that. But we're here. We're here, Jared. We're... Uh, we're mourning the loss. We're um, frustrated. New well, South Wales some supporters. of us are not. Are some you? of us are not. Well, you're not a well, Queenslander. I, I, well, I tip Queensland. So did I. I back Queensland. So did I. And when you when you, when you said a, if you're mourning and missing, I thought you meant New South Wales. But well, I did. Anyway. I did exactly the same as you for all the reasons that we've discussed. But uh, still, you know, we we have blue blood. We don't have maroon blood. So we've got to we've got to uh, align to our. Uh, our loyalties, um, as frustrating as it was to watch. Um, let's get straight into it. Um, obviously, See, I, I, I've been telling people for years, I align my loyalties to my wallet, and Queensland stood out and New South Wales didn't. And you're right, as we get stuck into the game, so many of the things you and I discussed over the last 10 days on the podcast were there in front of us as it unfolded in the game. And it was like watching a slow car crash. Yeah, look, it it was frustrating. I, 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 you know, we we started early on a bit, you know, a bit iffy about the selections. Um, I mean, Woody was pretty happy with the side. I wasn't particularly happy with the side, and I definitely wasn't happy with the side coming into the kickoff of the game, as in the actual thirteen that he started with. Um, I mean, I'll give my thoughts first, but I, I for the life of me. I can't understand that Junior Paulo didn't uh, didn't start. He only played 30 minutes. Um, he started obviously with Hudson Young, and uh, and Pangai Junior. I mean, Pangai played what 27 minutes. Hudson Young 30 minutes. I think Pangai's first um, first stint was only seven or eight minutes. So I'm not sure how that was supposed to roll out. Uh, having Nico Hines on the bench. I, I mean, we all advocated that Nico Hines should be in the side, um, but then he didn't really use him. I mean, and when he used him, it was sort of, it was sort of bordering on too late. Um, he persevered with playing Appy for a full eighty minutes. I mean, Appy had a very good game, uh, but you know, it's a it's a real leg up when you've got two. Probably, I mean, Ben Hunt doesn't play hook, hooker at club level, but possibly, arguably, the two best hookers in the game um, playing for Queensland when Ben Ben Hunt does start the game for Queensland. Um, and then you, you sort of roll back to guys that haven't been in form, and I think this is one thing that Billy Slater did do. Um, he picked guys that were in form, and he made some hard calls on Gagai and Ponga, and, you know, then you, you roll back to a few guys that were, you know, probably should be selected for sure, you know, Tedesco and these guys, but they're not in form. Well, uh, let, let's start at the start. The, the, the bottom line is you've got to get your selections right, and part of that is also then getting your rotations right. Then you've got to get your tactics and your pattern right. Then you've got to get your head right. 
And I think that New South Wales got all of those key things wrong. Now, I, I was critical for 10 days about picking Pangai Jr. His best form was two and a half years ago. The guy's full of errors, mistakes, missed tackles. Uh, it was massive high risk. And I suggested last week that it was 10% chance that he gets it right and has a blinder and 90% chance that he doesn't. Well, the guy came up with four errors. He was involved. His errors led to two tries. That, that mm. completely backfired. The second thing is, by starting with the two guys who were rookies, and I understand he's thinking that let's get them on the field to begin with because we don't want them sitting on the bench, getting too nervous, and then not being able to play when they actually get out there, which again is coming back to picking, the, in my opinion, the wrong guys. But by doing that, what he then did was leave the two best back rowers in the world on the, on the bench, and that is Cameron Murray and Liam Martin. And he started with Paulo on the bench, as you suggested. When they finally got out there, um, I think Paulo just, just, got just, out. Just on that, Jared, I, for the life of me, I, I could I could not understand. Uh, and and we talked about it before the game, so it's not Harry hindsight, but I, I couldn't understand Cam Murray and Liam Martin not starting. Now both of those it's guys, staggering. if if they're not made for state of origin, um, you know, bloody hell, I'll stand corrected. And and they can play long, long minutes. Absolutely no well, they, problem. They, they both play 80 minutes for their club, right? They, they, but then let's go to how they were used. But by the 25 to 30-minute mark, when New South Wales finally got those three guys on there, New South Wales lifted a gear from the 30-minute onward, mark onwards and should have been given the Frizzell try, came up with a Liam Martin try and, and should have gone into halftime leading 12-6. But what had happened is in that first 25 minutes, they're playing off the back foot not playing forward, not making yardage, and chasing the game because Queensland led 10-0. He just completely got it upside down. And then you've got Liam Martin playing on the left when he's one of the best right side uh, forwards in the game. Yeah. You know, Cameron Murray's playing uh, in, the, in the middle. Um, it just was all absolutely balls about. You know, and, and you know, from that moment onwards of the, the opening minutes, New South Wales were chasing the game instead of being on the front foot. Now, I personally think it's really simple that you start with uh, your best key players to start the game to get yourself going forward and getting their momentum. Now, there's been a lot of focus around Cleary and Luai. It's really difficult. Yes, they were making momentum, but they weren't getting room. And then secondly, uh, Queensland's defensive tactics kept shutting them off with the out, up and in on the outside defence. You know, I, I just think he completely got it wrong. He got his rotations wrong. He got his selections wrong. He got some of his tactics wrong and was completely outcoached. And, and it's ridiculous that New South Wales was so close to winning with seven minutes to go. Yeah, it is. And uh, and But you sort of... I don't know, you never really had any confidence that they were actually going to win. That, that's sort of how I felt watching the game. I think, um, I think the other comment I'd make too, and I think you can clearly see this when you listen to both coaches speak, uh, when you listen to players uh, you know, speak as well and you watch them play, uh, you know, coaching rep sides is very different to coaching NRL week in, week out. And there is absolutely no doubt since Billy Slater has taken over um, any guy that he selects, they'll run through a bloody brick wall for him. And I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not 100% certain that that's the case with uh, with Fitler. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And 
Yeah, I, I think tactically and I think mentally, uh, they got their pants pulled down. Um, yeah, let, let's go through some well, of the well, key well stats. And, well and truly, it. well and truly outcoached again, Billy Slater. Yeah. I mean, yeah, New South Wales had 67% of the field position in Queensland then. So across 80 minutes, they played 70% of the game mm. at Queensland's end. They had 16 trips into Queensland's red zone, 16, and came up with three tries. Queensland only had eight occasions where they went into the red zone of New South Wales and came up with five tries. So they had half the opportunity, only 30% of the field position, yet converted the opportunities. And again, coming back to tactics, we discussed this yesterday. You know, one of my pet hates is this, you, that, that's come into the game over the last 10 to 15 years is setting up in the middle and trying to play to the edges. Now, that's how the Panthers play. It's how Fittler has coached for the last four years. That's all well and good if you're getting forward and if you've got room for your halves to do things on the edges. New South Wales weren't dominating in getting forward. And then secondly, Queensland knew what they were going to do and how easy it is to defend it if you've got the right players, which is why he picked the centres and the wingers that he did to play this up and in. And so uh, Cleary and Luai kept getting cut off and the ball not getting to the edges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was all, that was there to be seen by all. Um just lastly touching on that point, Steve, with New South Wales so obsessed to constantly playing off that same pattern, Queensland kept were, were happy to do either from the middle, three-quarter width passing, which they did so often and, and got advantage from, and it led to the, the second-last try, which was game-changing, or down short-side raids. Yeah, they just completely mixed things up all the way through the game. Yeah, I think the frightening thing too is is that Queensland side, side is they've got a huge amount of improvement in them. I mean, you had, uh, yeah. you know, you had the Hammer outstanding on debut. Reese Welsh was very good on debut. Um, you know, they got quite a young back line. You know, Munster was pretty quiet until it really mattered, um, but when it mattered, he was he was excellent. Um, yeah, Ben Hunt again outstanding. Lindsay Collins outstanding. Fafita back in the, um, you know, back in the origin fray, you know, played 70-odd minutes. Uh, Carrigan, you know, usual, outstanding. Harry Grant, you know, it's uh, right across the board. They just play so well as a team. Um, Obviously, you would think that there won't be any changes there if they're all fit. Uh, You go through the New South Wales side, I mean, where do you start? I, I think... You know, I would think that they'll persevere with Tedesco. Brian Toho, he was excellent. Um, Latrell's got to come back into the reckoning somewhere. Josh Adokar, I mean, I think he had to be selected, but he does look injured. Um, I'm not sure what they do in the halves, Jared. whether, well, I'm sure what I'd do. I'm not sure what Freddie will do. I I think, no doubt, Freddie will probably stick with that seven and six combination from the, from the Panthers, uh... I, I really do think at origin level you've got to have two quality hookers. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of this. Unless you're a Ben Hunt and there's not many Ben Hunts running around in the NRL that can play multiple positions. Um, you know, he, he played, you know, a portion of the game at lock. I mean, he, you know, hooker, halfback, he can play, you know, pretty much anywhere. But we don't... We, well, he played some of the game at centre and wing. Yeah, well, he did, but um, I mean, there's not there's not many at that top level that can do that. So, 
I think you've got to have a position on the bench for for Cook, or you know, vice versa. Cook starting and Appy off the bench. I think it. I think Cook really brings a lot to Origin with his speed, especially the way that that uh, Fitless seems to want to play the game. Uh, Frizzell was really good. Payne, I thought Payne Haas was good, but he again. I mean, that guy can play long minutes. He only played fifty minutes. Uh, the, the rotations were just crazy, and yes, I, I agree that Frizzell was very good. But I would have had Liam Martin on the right edge. Where he oh, I would so have had Frizzy. Damage. I would have had Frizzy on the bench. But I'm, I'm saying that you know he did start and he did play well. Hudson Young stamped. You can go back to Raiders. Yeah, yeah. I can't see him being in the, in the uh, in the side for the second game. Um, Paulo's got to start. Murray's got to start. Um, I don't know. Do you do you think he'll he'll uh, he'll bite the bullet and? Nico Hines will come into the starting side. No, no. I think that um, I think the one seven six and nine will stay the same, and then he'll work around that. Um, mm. I would I, I would go back to my original thoughts of having Payne Haas and Paulo start. I'd have Murray on the on the left, Liam Martin on the right, Yo at lock. I'd have Frizzell off the bench on it, um, and then I'd try and work out what I'm going to do with my rotation at uh, nine. I mean, just just on that, what, what what coach what coach when they come into rep footy decides to play them on opposite sides to what they play week in week out? I couldn't. I, when I saw that playing out, I just kept questioning myself that I was seeing the TV incorrectly. Yep, yep, yep. I I, I, I was amazed, and you know, again we touched on last week. Liam Martin's come back for two club games with Penrith and gone to a new level. Gee, the guy's back. outstanding. Yeah. Oh, he's big, he's physical. You know, Cameron Murray's just a, a monster. Cameron Murray cleans up so much work and quick and play the ball. So, he's, he's just got everything and, you want um, as an edge back yeah. rower at Origin level. And he's got game smarts. You know, I mean, those two guys needed to be out there from the start and for long minutes. And then the other option you have with Liam Martin is if you then bring Frizzell off the bench and play him on the right, you can move Liam Martin to the middle. So that continues to keep um, your balance and your strength in the right players. Um, you know, listen, Pangai Jr. won't get selected, I'm sure. The key now is Fittler's got to make a decision whether he does a major makeover, which in my opinion he won't, or he'll go with 90% of what he had and then he's got to go to Queensland. They've lost eight of their last ten in Queensland. We know that they grow another leg up there. Queensland now have an opportunity to w- win the series in game two. And I heard all this talk yesterday about how you know New South Wales will be able to fight back. And you know so often that these series go uh, one up, then one all, and go into a decider. In my opinion, this is a different year. I, I-, I thought New South Wales look looked shattered. After the game, at full time, I thought they looked disillusioned. Um, I, I personally think there's a lack of belief in what they're doing, um, just from the body language and the look. And moving forward, I think they're completely up against it. I personally think the team that's going to improve dramatically out of that Why first game is Queensland. Well, I, th- I, th- I think I already think they're good things for game two. Yeah, I, look, I probably have to agree with you. I, I just. I think there's been some real consistency in that game one as well, where he's, you know, again, you know, just not really wanting to harp on it too much and put the boot in. But it just all starts with selections. You know, last year he didn't pick, he didn't pick, uh, you know, Travojevic in the middle. He didn't pick Addo Carr. He picked Regan Campbell-Gillard. Then he was gone. Jack Whiten played the first game and then he, you know, then he was suspended. He, he didn't even come back in the third game. You know, this year he's, he's taken the punt on, on Pangai Jr., 
quite frankly, he'll probably be gone. He took a punt on Hudson Young. I just don't – they weren't punts that had to be taken. So, well, you know, anyway, we'll move on to well, – uh, I mean, If we pick the composite side out of the two teams that played the other night, and I did this yesterday, there'd only be three New South Wales players that I would have had in there. Yeah, I would have had Crichton, I would have had Liam Martin, and probably Tyo, and that's it. Right, so that tells you how much on the back foot they are moving forward. Um, I think the other key question is what he does in the centres. If they get Luttrell back, that's a significant big plus, and Luttrell goes to the left. I thought Crichton played super the other night, he's very and good, yeah. he's much better known as a right edge centre than he is a left, and did a great job. I'd move him to the right, I'd leave Tobojevic out. Um, oh, I don't you? think Jake will you'd, be back. You'd yep. leave Tom out, would you? Yeah, he just looks tentative, and um, so I know he didn't so get a lot of ball. So you'd go, you'd, you'd go the the big panther and um, and Latrell in the centres. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I'd I'd bring um, Campbell Graham in for Ado Carr. Yeah, I'd, if Campbell Graham was fit, I'd definitely have Campbell Graham in my side. So he's yeah. playing this weekend for the Rabbits. So as is Latrell, so you'd have to think that they're both probably right, unless they pick up anything this weekend. Yeah, well, we got two uh, we got two NRL games before we get, we get another selection, so righto. Well, uh, I don't know. By that stage, we might have Woody back. I mean, I know he turned it off and went and watched a movie um, when we were texting. He just said, "Condo, stop texting me. I'm not watching it. I've had enough." So we might have him back, and hopefully, we'll get the Mad Queenslander back to uh, do a bit of a uh, preview of the of the second game up at Suncorp. But I'm with you. I think it'll be a very hard assignment. Uh, for the Blues to bounce back. Um, let's move into just, the NRL. Just quickly touching on that, Steve. Yesterday they put the markers up for game two. And Queensland were plus one and a half in the game one at a neutral venue. Mm. They go now to a grant and they won, right? Now, yes, you know, seven minutes from full time, New South Wales led. But the Queensland ended up going away with two convincing tries and win. They put the line up at minus two and a half. Mm. I'll, I'll give up if that line shouldn't be minus four and a half or longer. Start to New South Wales. Yeah. 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 Queensland should be decisive favourites. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were two two dollars twenty five and sat there happily until Latrell was and until Latrell pulled out into game one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Righto. Well, let's move into the NRL. I think, firstly, Jared, the update uh, as we move into this next round, um, round 14, is the tipping. We now have Vaughan Blakey, Kiwi Doc, Powley, and um, Alex Worko all level pegging on 72 points. Um, wow. We've got two on 71, and then we've got, uh, we've got a couple, including one panel member, on 70. So it's tightening right up, uh, and we're what, pretty much halfway through the season. Um, and then I just, uh, you know, lurking at sort of 17, 18, 19, we've got uh, Beaver Menzies, Greg Murdoch and uh, Punty's, uh, Punter's Greyhound that haven't used their joker and they're all on 67 points. So Ooh. it's, um, it's, it's going to be one hell of a finish. 
Those last four or five weeks are going to be very intriguing. Yeah, they are. So uh, let's move on to uh, this week's uh, round. I mean, we're going to have quite a few players backing up, so you'd have to think there's possibly some upsets on on the cards. Um, where do we? Where do you want to start? Which game are you going to start with this week? Well, let's start with the the Tigers Raiders, which kick us off Friday night. Oh, the Tigers Games coming off Town. a sixty odd point win. Yeah, yeah, and and a buy. So you'd, you'd have to think that they would have gone into the buy um, with a a lot of confidence, uh, a bit of belief. All of a sudden, they absolutely put the cleaners through the Cowboys. A big win at Leichhardt. They go to Campbelltown, where again, like Leichhardt, their record has not been great of recent times, but they'll go into this um, uh, quite positive. Uh, question mark is whether Happy backs up. Um, the Raiders, Raiders come off that surprise win last week against um, South, who had a heap of players out, but no excuse. Um, the Raiders, though, lose uh, Elliot Whitehead, their captain. They're not playing um, Croker. Croker. Um, I actually don't mind. I know, I know Ricky's come in for a bit of criticism. On that, but I actually don't mind that. I think Croak has been one of the best servants, uh, obviously to the Raiders, but to the game. He's a quality individual, um, and I think it's fitting. And I know he's he's obviously getting long in the tooth. He he started the season um, playing New South Wales Cup. He's got himself back into uh, into the top side. They actually, interestingly enough, they haven't lost since he's been back in the um, in the uh, back as captain in in first grade. Um, he gets the rest this weekend, so he can play his three hundred. Um, down in Canberra, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, well, and in addition to that, they're, they're losing um, Elliot Whitehead, as I touched on, Sebastian Chris and um, Corey Harawiranara. So, you know, you've got four outs, and I'm not sure that the Raiders have shown this year when they are not at full strength that some of their depth is questionable about uh, playing at first grade level. The market, I think, is about right. It's only... Uh, one and a half points between them. Um, Raiders are small favourites. Their record as favourites is horrible. Um, I think the Tigers offer by a fresh, little bit of confidence at Campbelltown. Uh, I'm with the Tigers. I'm tip- tipping them to win in what looks a close game. Yeah, I am. Really? Okay. Right. Well, that's, uh, yeah, okay. I can't get too Been a bit of a about... market move. Is there? Yeah, a bit of a market move for them too. They've gone from two and a half into one and a half and as an underdog, they've covered the line five of the last six times they've been underdogs. So they've got a very good record in that position as well. Yeah, okay. right. So you're going Tigers. Okay, that's interesting. Right, let's move on to uh, Sharks-Broncos. Now, um, uh, you missed it, Jared. Unfortunately, you were busy. But last Friday, we put it up. We had uh, Sharks coach um, Craig Fitzgibbon uh, on the couch with uh, his attack coach, uh, Daniel Holdsworth, uh, which was super interesting. Um if you haven't listened to it, jump online and have a listen. Um, very interesting having a chat to uh, Fitzy. We had a bit of a laugh after the podcast um, because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know it's in season, but last time we did, we caught up with Fitzy. It was just after he took the job as head coach. Uh, he just uh, got the signatures of Nico Hines, Dale Finucane and McGuinness. Uh, Fitzy looks like a bit of a different person from two years ago, I must say. <laughs> very intense. Um very driven individual. Uh, he's obviously made a great fist of uh, year one. They finished top four and then went bing, bing, straight out the back door. 
and they're sailing along all right at the moment. But uh, gee, it's interesting when you talk to these guys. They're, like they are, you know, they they they're, they were up here for a week to have a bit of a break. But they're twenty four seven. They just don't switch off. And you can tell after about five minutes of having a chat with Fitzy that that's exactly how these NRL coaches, um, you know, really operate. And the good ones do not stop. They are just on something all the time. There is something going on all the time. But uh, have a listen to that one. I don't know. I think after talking to Fitzy, they've had obviously the bye and they come into this game against a Broncos side at home and there's lots of Broncos backing up. How do you see this one? Yeah, I think it puts them to advantage. I don't want to bet in the game, but I do think that the Sharks um, look the obvious and at home, uh, it should be positioned well enough to be winning. They only have really Nico Hines uh, the backup. Well, the poor fellow got splinters the other night, so oh, um, he hasn't done any damage. The, the Broncos, you're going to have to wait until the final teams are announced to know what they're doing here because they have so many players that were involved in Origin the other night and whether they all back up here, in particular their big boppers in the middle in Carrigan and Haas and Flegler, um, but, you know, also you've got, I, I would doubt that Cobo plays. Uh, Reese Walsh looked like he got through it okay. Uh, they're bringing Corey Oates back into the side. He'll probably uh, back up now, I'd say, on the wing. Um, but, you know, the, the Sharks at home do look advantaged, especially off that bye. They still do have some key uh, front rowers and middles out, which I think... Um, brings them back to the field a little bit here. Their record at covering the line at home has been very poor, um, and in particular against longer lines. This one's much shorter at four and a half. They've only covered two of eight at home, which is a very poor record. I think the Sharks get away with a win. I don't, uh, the line's only four and a half. I think they probably win by six um, with the Sharks, but uh, it's one of those very tricky weeks this week where we've got so much interruption with uh, who's playing and who's not playing and not really knowing final team list until an hour before kickoff. Yeah, that's a hard one, especially with uh, sides like the Broncos that had so many participating in origin. <clears throat> I think it's a bit of a it's a bit of a fifty fifty for me, but I'm leaning towards the Sharks at home. And I don't know. I'm gonna roll with Fitzy after having him on having having him on the couch and uh and backing the Sharks this weekend. Um yeah it's, it's interesting when you listen to that podcast, Jared, um, the difference that a couple of key signings can make, and he was very open in talking about, um, and so was uh, uh, Holdsworth, about the influence that Fanuke and Cam McGuinness especially ha- have had to that playing group, and then obviously, you know, the Nick, Nico Hines component, he brings a, a different... Um, you know, a different set of skills, uh, you know, of skills, but, uh, yeah, big uh, big impact by McGuinness and, uh, and Finucane. Yeah, absolutely. Um, righto, third game. Roosters at the Central Coast mm. against the Bulldogs. Must yeah, win the Roosters. The Roosters. Are, well, it's a must-win game, but, you know, they're all at sea at the moment, aren't they? They've lost their last three. They've only won five this year. Um, I would suggest that there hasn't been a convincing win in any of those. Their recent form's just been horrible. Got pipped on the, the line by uh, the Dragons, absolutely towed up by the Panthers, uh, beaten by the Cowboys in an absolute surprise in Magic Round. The form is so thin. They still have major outs now. Brandon Smith's gone for seven or eight weeks. I reckon that's Radley's a good thing. out. Brandon well, Smith's gone many- a good thing, in my opinion. They also lose Radley. Uh, Walker is still out. Um, 
and I believe has picked up a bit of an injury, so there's a question mark about when uh, and if he comes back. They also have um, Collins and Tedesco uh, to back up from Origin. Is Collins playing quarterback? <laughs> that was a great leap, wasn't it? Oh, Absolutely great leap. Tedesco won't hear the end of that. There's games at the Central Coast of Gosford too where the Roosters' record is not that flash and these end up in normally open attacking games of footy and their record away from home, especially at covering the line, has been horrendous this year and I think over the last couple of years. In against the Bulldogs, also uh, off a break, they had a win going into the bye when they came from behind to beat the Titans. Um I think they match up well here. I don't know that they can win the game, but I thought 10.5 was just way too big on a neutral ground. Um, I'm with the Roosters just to win, maybe by six, but I like the plus 10.5 of the Bulldogs, and let's make that the best for the week, the Bulldogs with the plus 10.5. Righto, well, let's do that, uh, and let's roll on to the weekend, Jared, and uh, we won't get into the Dragon Saga until Monday because I think there's a bit to roll out over the weekend, but... Uh, you're all over it, but uh, Riles didn't take the job. But we'll talk talk about that one in a bit more depth on Monday, I think. And uh, we'll get this podcast up on uh, on Friday nice and early so everybody can um, get online to have a bit of a bet if they want to have a bet. Um, I think the Roosters are going to bounce back. They've been, um, they've been up the Central Coast for a couple of days um, in, in camp, is my understanding. So uh, it's sort of, we're round 14. They've got to bounce soon with that sort of roster. Well, that's true, but I don't know if they cover ten and a half. So let's go to the Tigers. Warriors to win. That's a nice matchup against the Dolphins on the road. The Rabbits up at Rabina. Interesting game. I think the Sharks at home. I think the Roosters just win, but the Bulldogs can cover the line. Storm going up the North Queensland. I think they end up uh, winning. And the Panthers, again, key watch on how many of those players back up. They're at home against the Hatmas Dragons, and I think the Panthers probably win. And as I suggested, the Bulldogs plus 10 and a half will make the best for the week. Righto, beautiful. Good to catch up. Um, and we will dissect the Dragons uh, very early on Monday morning, Jared. Look forward to that. Well, we, we put a couple of hours aside for that. <laughs> we might have to. Catch you then. See ya. See you, mate. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>